Don't feel discouraged. It takes years to find your own voice, to realize your worth, and to know what you deserve. It takes years of pain, disappointment, and struggle to understand how important you are. It takes years, my love, and many of them. So live and do so courageously. Face the world bravely and carry the love you have within your heart with no fear. And don't forget to dance. Don't forget to smile and laugh because it is the little things in life that make it worthwhile. R.M. Drake. This is Sincerely Yours, and I'm your host, Cece Denno. Pen pals, and welcome to Sincerely Yours. This is a podcast where we make sense in making it through life, where I provide tips and suggestions and helpful hints along the way. We have quotables at the beginning of every single podcast, and the one for this podcast was provided by Mandy, who found me on Instagram. And she submitted a quotable that way. But of course, if you would like to have a quotable read at the beginning of a future episode, you can send it by email. And the email is sincerelyyours at writeme.com. Or you can find me all over social media. That's on Facebook and Instagram at CCNosedall or on Twitter at SincerelyCCD. It has been a couple crazy weeks for me. Uh, But I wanted to get this podcast out because I didn't want you guys to miss Sincerely Yours. Um, But we have a couple guests and in a way we're going back to school. So grab your notebooks and grab your page dividers um, because we're going to get right to it. I always feel like I have so much going on and it's funny because uh, I do this to myself, Um, but I have started to think of the things that I do outside of work as really intentional projects. And this has been amplified recently because we bought a house and we are in the process of doing some repairs and getting some things done at the house. And it has been a lot of work and a lot of stuff to deal with outside of my comfort zone and has been a really good learning experience. And so sometimes it's hard to remember that it's something really big and that this is what has been occupying a lot of my time lately and um, that it will be over soon, but it will be a really good experience because I tried out a couple new things and discovered what I might like, what I don't like, um, but it has been really exhausting. So I started to think about these projects in a different light. So if you have something in your life going on and it's very temporary and you can see uh, an end, a beginning and an end, what you can have on your side is 
to be strategic about it. So if you can tell yourself, okay, this is going to be my approach. This is what I want to accomplish. This is what I want to get done. Then it will help you in the long run be more prepared. So I love when people contact me and I ask, what are you working on right now? Are you working on any projects? And it has been a lot of fun to get responses. And so one of our guests we have for this podcast today, uh, we have Sarah, who is a fellow listener. So our first listener interview. Um, But let me go ahead and introduce her. Sarah is busy with raising and training puppies through the organization Leader Dogs for the Blind. Her role is to raise, train, and socialize the puppy for their first year. She helps set them up for success when they are returned for the four to six months of official guide dog training. She is already on puppy number two. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you so much, Cece. So how did you first get involved with this program? It's so interesting. Um, So Leader Dogs for the Blind was originally an organization started by a Lions Club in Michigan. And my dad has been actively involved as a member of a Lions Club for my whole life. And now um, I'm a member of the same organization. So that was kind of my first exposure um, to Leader Dogs for the Blind. And it had always been something that I thought I kind of wanted to do after learning about um, the puppies being raised just in people's homes as pets and, you know, like animals to definitely get a lot of love, but also a lot of training and socialization opportunities to equip them to be successful once they were grown up and mature enough um, to take on the full guide dog training. Um, and I think, you know, one day I, I just I just went for it. Um, I filled out an application um, and then it was maybe seven or eight months later that I got a call that said, you know, a litter has been born. You're at the top of the pile. Is this still something that you want to do? And I said, okay. <laughs> um, so the next month I drove out to Michigan. I live in Wisconsin. Um, so it was about six hours for me. And I drove there and picked up puppy number one, Curtis. Um, he and I spent a year together and I guess I was sold on the experience enough and um, had received enough reinforcements from outside people that I was doing a good job and had had equipped him and prepared him well. So I decided to keep on going. And now I have puppy number two, Wilbur, um, who is just about six months old. Um, and we're about a third of the way into our time together. Wow, that is so amazing. Um, and did you grow up loving dogs your whole life? I've always been an animal person. I didn't have... I had a goldfish who was very special to me. I won her at the fair. Um, my sister dabbled in hamsters for a while, um, but I had never had a dog before. So my very first opportunity was, you know, kind of like a, an all-in, hold nothing back. Like this dog has a big purpose. Um, and I really underestimated how much <laughs> it would be, um, just the extent of training and, you know, meeting each of their needs along the way. Um, right, and how time-consuming it can be to handle a puppy. Yeah, absolutely. They come home when they're seven weeks old. Their bladder is the size of a pecan. 
a hand when we go outside every 20 minutes while they're awake. Um, but it, it has been really rewarding too. And as far as the socialization aspect goes, you know, he's not just a pet. He gets to come a number of places with me too, which um, is really nice for both of us. I enjoy having him with me and incorporating him into things that I'm doing um, in daily life, but also like exposing him to new opportunities and new environments um, along the way. So that's been win-win-win. Yeah, definitely. So what are you enjoying most about training the puppies? I really have enjoyed seeing how different the two of them are from each other. Uh, they're both male black labs, um, but they're personality-wise just completely different from each other. Um, and it, one thing that has rung true for both of them is working on a skill or working on something, you know, that has been not easy to pick up on with Curtis, my first, he was always very distracted by other dogs. And when we were able, you know, to just walk calmly past with him maybe giving, you know, a, a glance at the other dog, but remembering that he was staying focused, that I was the boss. Um, it was not playtime, it was work time. Seeing the evolution of the way that they're able to put their skills to practice and pick up on patterns of here's what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, has been really exciting. Oh, yeah. Um, that's so sweet. Yeah, because dogs, they can be just like humans and be happy and sad and also gets into all sorts of uh, mischief, mischief business. <laughs> yeah, definitely. For Curtis, the first dog, he was really into other dogs. Wilbur did a good job so far at ignoring other dogs, but like bunnies and squirrels, they are everything to him. So even just working with him, I'm like, okay, he sees something before I do and I feel a little bit of tension in the leash I know he recognizes something that's out there and that he wants but then what I'm thinking is okay like how can I maintain maintain control of this situation and be rewarding him for what I want him to be doing which is walking in a nice heel at matching my pace right beside me not pulling on the leash and focusing on me rather than whatever it is that is desirable and distracting to him out there yeah yeah definitely um so if someone wanted to get into this do you have any recommendations or words of advice oh my gosh i loosely think about writing a book <laughs> about you this should, like, absolutely. what are you yeah. getting up to maybe i'll start with like a brochure um and i'm sure that the organization has that already um i think asking yourself how willing you are to be fully committed to the task in front of you. Um, and that means things in a number of different ways, like starting out with a puppy, like are you committed you know, to meeting what needs that they have when they first are introduced to your home and when they're first getting adjusted? Um, I didn't know how committed I was until Wilbur came home and had a really hard adjustment to the crate. So I was sleeping on the floor next to him and not engaging him, um, but like just being there so that he would sleep because God forbid I moved to my bed, which was four feet away. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we had a good talk after those two weeks and I said, if you need to keep on going outside two or even three times a night, that's fine. I will do that for you. But the compromise is that I'm gonna sleep in my bed because I cannot keep on doing this sleep on the floor and wake up three times to go outside in Wisconsin in February for you to take care of your business. Uh, and then I think the other part of the commitment comes in the form of consistency. Um, I think about time and 
um, things I have going on really differently now than I used to before. So um, I came to my office, which is a five minute walk away for me um, to talk to you tonight. But based on bringing Wilbur with me, I planned 30 minutes for that walk because I am not willing to pull him on along on the leash. I don't want to associate a bad thing with the leash. I'm not willing. Um, you know, if he sees something that startles him or like, you know, I, he's pretty tough, but like if a big, I don't know, branch falls and he freaks out, um, I'm not going to like coax him to a point that he can't, you know, be confident and comfortable in. Anytime we go upstairs, we do like a wedding march one step at a time so that from the beginning, he is realizing we walk slowly upstairs because um, he doesn't know yet that he'll be guiding a blind person who's not going to be that excited about running up and down stairs probably. But it's just like completely reshaping the way that I go about my day to set him up for success um, in everything that we do. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's truly amazing thing that you are um, that you're working on and helping others. And you can definitely tell that you have a heart of gold. Oh, thank you. But what did you want to include anything else? Um, if folks are interested in learning more about the program, the website is leaderdog.org. Um, there are a number of different um, options for programs that have puppies being raised in homes before they are fully trained as service dogs. Um, Leader Dog is the one that I chose from my family connection with the Lions Club, um, but as well because Leader Dog provides the fully trained guide dogs at no cost to their clients, um, which is pretty unique in the service dog world. Um, by the time that Wilbur is through his training, he will he will be at a value of about $40,000, having been invested in him from everything from the breeding, um, his first six weeks when he's you know in the, the breeding host home, the time with the puppy raisers, and then the more intense training that he goes through, um, working with a guide dog mobility instructor and the person he's eventually paired with. Um, and so that access to mobility and to independence that's provided to visually impaired people without the burden of a great cost um, is what gets me excited about Leader Dogs for the Blind in particular. Yeah, definitely. That is so incredible. Um, well, I thank you again for being on the show and um, hopefully we'll hear some updates on Wilbur. Yeah, of course. If you want to stay updated, he has his very own Facebook page. Um, it's yeah, Facebook. what's the page? It's facebook.com slash FLD Wilbur. FLD is future leader dog. So most recently on there, you can see pictures of him at his first parade on Memorial Day. Um, he's got a little kiddie pool that he's showing off on there. I try to keep that updated for all the people that are invested in his journey. Oh, so much fun. Okay, and I'll write that in the show notes so we can share with everybody else. That'd be perfect. You can see lots of pictures up in there, too. Great. Well, thanks, Sarah. Thank you so much, Cece. Aw, so there we go. That was Sarah, and it was so much fun to talk to her about Wilbur, and she sent me a magnet of him, so I have him up on my fridge, um, and he's just the cutest little thing, so definitely go check out him on Facebook. Um, so... Uh, Next, we have Anne, a familiar voice. She's been on the podcast before, um, but she has started something really awesome, and it 
was funny. One day she just mentioned it and it kind of evolved, but she has taken a very anti-plastic stance, um, but I'll let her explain further. We welcome Anne back to Sincerely Yours. <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> since one of the beginning episodes, but I'm super excited to share that she is on a big anti-plastic initiative and I'll let her take it over. Hi, Cece. Hi. <laughs> Last time I was sick and I didn't sound that great, so <laughs> it's good to be back non-ill. Um, yeah, so I started this anti-plastic initiative um, a few months ago, and at first I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just not going to use any produce bags at the grocery store. And then it morphed into, oh, I'm using these like disposable plates every day when I get lunch. And so then that morphed into... I'm going to buy my own plate. So then I bought my own plate and then I bought my own coffee mug and then I bought um, reusable bags. And then I found this company called Bees Wrap and it's like Saran Wrap, but it's um, with wax. And so instead of using Saran Wrap and tinfoil, you can use that. And so, um, yeah, I've just kind of gone down a rabbit hole of trying to be more conscious about what I'm using and um, what I'm throwing away specifically. And so instead of, of, instead of recycling, I've been trying to just be reusing my products. Yeah. Yeah. And if someone wanted to start their own anti-plastic initiative, do you have any suggestions? Don't throw out all of your plastic just because you want to be on an anti-plastic initiative. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> it's not really a good way to do it, but just kind of like be more aware of what you're buying. Um, like even take out like... Those True. containers. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, people yeah. don't think about that. And it's just crazy. And, like, even coffee cups, you're like, oh, it's not that bad. But it is that bad because coffee cups aren't recyclable. And, like, I don't use straws anymore. Oh, that, that's another big one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I've taken those completely out of anything that I do. And going to restaurants is really hard because restaurants are really straw-oriented. And a lot of it was, like, you have to think about you have to, you have to be like really self conscious and like self aware of what you're doing because if you go to a restaurant and you forget to ask for no straw, they give you a straw. Right. And right. so when you're doing these things, you have to think going into it like I have to I have to remember to not ask for a straw. And then like at some point, it just becomes second nature. When I was first not using a coffee cup. Uh, or when I was using my reusable coffee cup, I kept forgetting it at my desk. And so then I would get down there and be like, oh, no, like I left it off at my desk yet again. So then, um, then you're lazy, so you're not going to make another <laughs> trip back up, you know. So um, and then like now it's like second nature for me. I just go and I wash it and I grab it and I go downstairs. So I would say if you want to do it, don't just immediately start. Like just kind of take small steps. It gets a lot easier. Sure. Um, and be nice to yourself if you mm -hmm. are trying to break old habits and make a change. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's taken a little while and yeah, about, about, I think we talked about it two months ago or yeah. so. Yeah. And then especially with the reusable bags at the grocery store, that one was really hard too, because if you don't remember to bring them, what are you going to put your food in? Cause like I've definitely bought like broccoli head at the grocery store before and then they just put it on the conveyor belt and like what else has been on that conveyor belt literally every other thing that's gone through <laughs> there that day and you know they don't clean it so it's like remembering like your produce bag or like just like it's just like small things so I always like keep a bag in my car to like try and like make sure that if I'm like oh I do have to go to the grocery store oh I already have a bag but then remembering yeah. to put the bag back in your car and so it's just like little small steps that you can do and like like one less straw if you don't use it. There's one less straw in the ocean. 
like one less plastic bag that you had to wrap your chicken in. Like just don't do that. Like it's like small little things, but it like can really make a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for sharing, Anne. Yeah, you're welcome. So that was Anne. I wish her the best of luck with her anti-plastic initiative. And like she said, every little bit helps. And so if you can make a few changes or it ends up helping the world and everyone around you. So this is where I'm going to assign some homework for you guys. And I want you to think of your own project. So the weather is nicer and we have more daylight in the day and gives you more opportunities to get more stuff done. But if you are working on specific or want to work on something specific, if it's that you want to start budgeting or spend more time with friends or find that person you want to spend the rest of your life with, whatever the project is, I want you to take the initiative and have a game plan in place, say for the next amount of weeks or the next month, this is what I'm working on and really put this stuff to work. So if it's something that you want to try like Sarah with um, training puppies or changing your plastic habits like Anne or becoming um, an interior designer whiz like I have discovered myself to be, um, whatever it is that you're working on, have that game plan and have a great attitude going into it. So put this project together. It's going to be a heck of a ride. It's going to take you out of your comfort zone, but it could be a lot of fun and you can meet some new people along the way and learn some things about yourself. So projects, we are working on projects. <laughs> and if you would like to share your project with me, uh, go ahead and contact me all over social media or on by email, sincerely yours at writeme.com. Um, I've been really good about being responsive, so that's good. <laughs> And um, send in those quotables, but send in your projects. And um, with that, I look forward to next time. Mm -hmm.